If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. We're digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. Yes, this is me, D.D. Denslow, on a Sunday edition of Digging Deeper. Uh, I am here for the next two hours, and I've got some returning guests joining me. Uh, first up, be joining me in about five minutes. I've got uh, Scott Anderson all the way from up there, up north in Scotland. It is in Scotland, I believe. Uh, and it's very cold, apparently, minus four. Uh, Scott Anderson, also known uh, as the Highlander. Uh, he is a twin and an engineer. Uh, born and living in the Scottish Highlands uh, and you also authored the book uh, Diary of a Conspiracy Theorist uh, and we have got uh, I, I, I set out a plan uh, for our conversation you know we will be talking about all well, the events uh, since we've last spoken which was about five or six months ago uh, what's going on in the Middle East uh, the ceasefire call in British Parliament that didn't happen but I have just said to Scott do you know what it's one of those Sundays today it's very grey and wet outside I'm feeling those Sunday uh, or those winter blues, should I say. So I've said to Scott, you're well, more than welcome to take me down uh, any of those conspiracy rabbit holes uh, that he's uh, uh, penned a book about. He's more than welcome to do that. And then come on up uh, at 1pm, uh, again, another returning guest. Uh, I've got Graham Moore. Uh, Graham is a, a com common law and English constitution expert and is founder of the English Constitution Party. Uh, and he has also just been over to the US of A. Uh, to, in Texas, uh, where they've got Texit going on. Texit, a bit like Brexit, but in Texas. Uh, and they are, there is discussions of them potentially having a referendum to withdraw or secede from the United States. Um, that would be probably, uh, that would top all the events that have happened so far just this year if that was ever to, to happen. Um, but one of the topics that is almost certainly going to come up, and you just heard uh, TNT's own Patrick Henningsen talking about the nuclear submarine that's doing a tour uh, of the Mediterranean at the moment. It's actually just a sitting target. Same with those uh, um, uh, uh, aircraft carriers. It's just prime for a false flag. Um, but my main question with regards to Israel, and I'm asking it now of Scott for when he comes on, and I'll be asking Graham, is why are the mainstream media, whose prime purpose is to manufacture consent for war, and, and maybe jibby-jabs, you know, when we haven't got war going on, they want the, their, their, their prime purpose is to get you to accept uh, medical products, but most of the time, they're just trying to convince the public to consent to war. Why then is the mainstream media turning on Israel? I find this very concerning. It bothers me when the narrative that I'm pushing of my own accord, I believe I'm, I'm saying the morally right thing and the correct thing to say bombing Palestinians, innocent Palestinians is wrong. When the mainstream media are saying the same, I sort of shudder a little bit and wonder, am I on the right side? And so uh, I will be um, asking uh, that question. And the reason why is um, uh, this weekend, Ross Atkins, who works for the BBC, 
He's the lead editor, uh, presenter of the BBC World Service. He's quite high up in the old pay scales. I'm pretty sure Mariana Spring answers to Ross. He did a hit piece on Israel this weekend in which he called out all their uh, fake evidence and fake news and propaganda coming out with regards to uh, the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza, which has just recently, over the weekend uh, been attacked uh, and invaded uh, by um, uh, the IDF. They didn't find anything in there. It was quite clear that they were planting and faking evidence. Uh, all the tunnels that apparently were there, which I understand were originally built by the IDF, were concreted up and have been disused for a long time. There was no command base there. And I was saying the command base is in the south of Gaza. So that, guess what? That's where the IDF are going after they've sent over one million Palestinians into the south of Gaza. I'm assuming those, those Palestinians will now have to go further south out of Gaza and into the Sinai and the mountainous regions uh, of Egypt. Um, yeah, what, why is the mainstream me media pushing in the same direction as I am and as many other commentators who are concerned uh, about the attack on Gaza and the innocent people there. So I will be asking that, just warming you up, uh, Scott. Uh, at the World, quickly on that Al-Shifa hospital, uh, the World Health Organization has described Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City as a death zone. Uh, after a visit to the complex, a joint UN, UN team led by the WHO assessed the hospital for one hour following its occupation and evacuation by the Israeli military. The team said they saw evidence of shelling and gunfire and observed a mass grave at the hospital's entrance. And according to this article, which comes from a mainstream source, um, over 12,000, nearly 13,000 people, half of which are children, and with more than 2,000 other people suspected uh, buried under the rubble, is the death toll as it stands in Israel. And that death toll apparently is a few days old because of some of the issues getting communications out of Gaza because they're under, uh, uh, under a siege. So, um, yeah, it's a, a very interesting time to be alive. Uh, big shout out to everyone in the live chat. I will go and, and check. I see that Mally was in there and Blodwin. So uh, thank you very much. I, I will be looking for your questions uh, and your comments in there during my show. And if you have any suggestions for a possible guest or a host that you'd like to hear on TNT Radio, or perhaps you're a topic you feel we should discuss, then we want to hear from you. Simply to complete the suggestion form on the TNT Radio website and help us make a difference here on TNT Radio. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, Scott, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you, look, you look quite nice and warm there, so it, it doesn't look as cold as you were just telling me uh, when we were uh, just warming up to, before we went live. Uh, how are you, my friend? And if you don't mind, if you could just briefly remind the audience of who you are and what you're about. How are you doing, Darren? Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm the author of Diary of a Conspiracy Theorist. Uh, I comment my views on Twitter all the time. Uh, basically, just a normal guy just uh, trying to comprehend all the madness of the world and see through all the nonsense, basically. That's pretty much it, Darren. <laughs> yep. I think a lot of right. us are the same. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, people go, oh, I'm just a normal guy. You know, oh, I'm not an expert. Oh, why am I being called on to radio? I actually got a, a request to be called on to uh, a mainstream media news, uh, a mainstream news outlet this weekend to talk to a hero right. of mine right. without saying too much. And I was saying, I was like, oh, I'm just a normal guy. Why are they asking me? And actually, us normal guys, me, you, other commentators on TNT, people on social media, have a far, far, far better record uh, than the actual experts, don't you think? Yes, I would say that's true. <laughs> you know, uh, I think uh, uh, we've nothing, we've nothing to gain from telling the truth. You know, or or lying. Even you know, where many people in the media do have something to gain. So, yeah, it's, it's easy for us to just say it how we see it, and we don't have to worry about anything. You know, well, within we, reason consequences. Yeah. And we can read. Yeah. We can go on to the internet. We can, we can look at a variety of sources. We can read. And the average person does actually have uh, quite a lot of common sense and, and can, you know, can, can make out what the picture is of the world. Whereas experts, uh, often uh, come onto TV with the, the job of lying. And we see that a lot in the mainstream media, which is why I was asking the question, why am I running or moving in the same direction or, or have a, a, a narrative or opinion on what's going on in the world that matches up, say, with uh, BBC News? Uh, and your opinion uh, would probably match up alongside BBC News at the moment as well. Uh, why are they appearing to be telling the truth for once? I never thought I'd hear those words, darling. <laughs> you know, but... Um... I think, to be honest with you, I've been racking my brain. It's a bit of a strange one, very strange. But I actually think it's possibly a last-ditch attempt to regain trust. That's what I think, possibly. I think they've been losing a lot of people. People have been, obviously, watching the BBC News, all the stuff about the vaccines and everything else, and realising, OK, this is actually a bunch of nonsense. I'm just going to switch off. And then, you know, there's... You know, you've got people who might be like me and you who are just right. We can see through this. It's just nonsense. The BBC is just lies. And then you've got people, everyday people who just wake up in the morning, put on BBC News and go look at it and go nod or disagree or whatever. And they'll probably believe most of the things the BBC will say. But then they might have recently been going, well, this is just nonsense. I'm switching this off. And they're losing them. But those kind of people, they're just dragging them back in by giving them a bit of truth if that makes sense that's kind of my take on it. it you know i could be wrong it's early days yet you know you, but. you think they're trying to um yeah like you said you, you think they're trying to uh, to regain uh, some credibility by coming out yeah. and telling the truth particularly in the face of this particular uh, conflict in the middle east which which has sparked up again where we're in social media we can see everything that's going on and it's very it would be very very difficult for the bbc to suddenly come out and start saying no israel is good what's it you know the bombing they're not they're not killing civilians when everybody can see that the uh, you know the completely opposite is true. Do you think they they've got no yeah. choice but to tell the truth? Yes, I would say so. I mean, you only have to go on social media for five ten minutes, and you you can see a tweet defund the BBC. You know, everyone is just sick of them. They just can't tell the truth at all. Obviously, until recently, but <clears throat> yes, I definitely do think it's a last ditch attempt because they were they were just on the way out, weren't they? You know, no one was watching them anymore. Everyone was just switching off. As I say, even sort of normal people, not normal people, do you know what I mean? But um, regular watchers. And uh, 
their credibility was just gone. So it's, mm-hmm. I definitely do think it's just a last. They've used it as an opportunity to go, you know what, we're going to turn things around and bring people back on board. Because mm-hmm. even with GB News right now, they're losing followers now because of certain things that have happened. The amount of politicians they've got on their shows, Boris Johnson joining it, which is just, you know, no words. Um, so it's a perfect opportunity, isn't it? It's just they've, they've used the opportunity yeah, I mean, we'll talk about we can talk about GB News. Like I said, I got a, a I got an email yesterday. I'm not going to say it was from GB News, but it might have been. Uh, why have they employed Boris Johnson? Has he actually done a show yet? I don't watch it. I don't watch any mainstream media, uh, and, and we're not advertising mainstream media on here. Please stay listening with TNT. We are determined to tell you the truth uh, as uh, the, one of the leading uh, exposés of the truth out there in the world. We plan to take over the world. Uh, but uh, GB News, why have they employed Boris Johnson? They've also got Jacob Rees-Mogg on their show. Uh, they've recently employed John uh, Cleese, who's got a special contract in his clause that says he's allowed to tell the truth. We've got Neil Oliver on there, who appears to be telling the truth, but he hasn't been shown the door yet. What is going on with GB News? And they are one one of the news outlets that's really pushing for Israel. Uh, good question. I think it's just um, if they've got people in the door that they can use, and it's controlling the narrative, isn't it? If you've got people like Boris Johnson, all these politicians in the door, you can control what goes out, you know? So I think that's basically the main thing. But just a point there with Boris Johnson, with this whole COVID inquiry, if they ever thought for a second that he was going to become guilty of anything, they would never employ him. So it just shows you, it's a stitch up. It's just a total, it's just theatre, you know, it's total theatre. And it's highly unlikely with uh, Boris uh, on the 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 the, uh, the pay scales there um, that they're going to actually ever really tell the truth on GB News about what Boris did uh, during the COVID period, in which he was effectively uh, a traitor to the country. He you know he locked us down and everything else that that happened during that period. Um, do you see Boris Johnson actually lasting long at GB News because he does have a tendency? to say and do and behave in ways that that means that he loses his job his past record all the way up to being prime minister in which he lost his job uh suggests that his tendency there could be quite short yeah he's definitely got his dad's side of him in him there hasn't he (laughs) you know all the mishaps and things but i don't know i think to be honest with you i just think the figures will just plummet and um you know They'll be, for, they'll be forced to make a decision anyway. That's the way I see it. He may end up doing something stupid as he usually does, but I think uh, the figures will just plummet and they'll be left with no choice. But just with Neil Oliver there as well, I find interesting that he's still there. You know, It makes me wonder. But <clears throat> I don't think he will be there much longer, <laughs> to be honest. You know, But I don't know. I could be wrong. But he's, he's saying everything. You know, I can't really say anything that he said wrong, in my opinion. I can't pick up on anything where I thought, hmm, you know. So he's always saying the right things. He's always, you know, he just seems like one of us, if I'm honest. But, uh, yeah, the fact he's still there is a bit strange. I wonder if that's them trying to just keep enough balance that they're keeping some people in, you know, watching. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, I mentioned that John Cleese has a con- has a clause in his contract that allows him to express any opinion that he likes on his show, and he's got was it the Dinosaur Hour or something like that? Is 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 the John Cleese show? Um, Neil Oliver may well have some some other you know a, a similar type of agreement, but last weekend he went for it and nailed literally every single bad person that we discuss on this show and on TNT, whether it be uh, members of the political class like Boris Johnson, royalty, uh, you know, rich people like Bill Gates, etc. Do you think that staying there is ruining Neil Oliver's credibility or does he need to hang on as long as possible at GB News so that he can reach a large enough audience uh, to say the things that he is saying? Um, I would agree with the last part you said there. I think that he should try cling on for as long as he can because at the end of the day, it's a massive reach and he's getting to millions of people throughout Britain every day or whenever he's on. So it's definitely a plus for him being there. You know, you can call him, some might say, oh, he's a shell, he's this, he's that. But no, at the end of the day, he is, whether you like it or not, voicing that message to millions of people every day. And if he comes off that show, he's only got his 350,000 Twitter followers or whatever he's speaking Uh to every day. So it makes no sense to try and leave. He wants to hang in there as long as possible. Yeah, uh, if you listen, Neil, and I know you're listening to me, and I know you look at my tweets. He does look at my tweets. I know that for certain. Uh, just go on his Twitter page. I- I'm honoured that my tweets appear on his p- Twitter page. Uh, Neil, uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, the bosses at TNT would love you uh, to come and join us here. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, a quick break now, Scott. Uh, and then when we come back, let's just talk about Israel gaza uh the ceasefire uh a vote that happened this this week uh in the uk uh and david cameron and tony blair and some other uh wonderful and very nice people uh, that have re-entered uh into the political frame uh here in the uk so please stay right with us here on tnt radio tnt radio's rick mon i'm looking also at south africa in terms of escom uh, which is a company that we have talked about a lot here that's the south african electricity provider escom has posted a massive 24 billion rand loss for 2022-2023 financial year exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding which is basically blackouts for want of a better expression mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity that's both within the company I would say and outside of the company the group presented its first full year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday it said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration of performance including a steep decline in energy availability of 56% down from 62% so half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all and most places are undergoing what's called uh, load shedding which means for up to 10 hours per day you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in south africa locked and loaded with rick mon on today's news talk tnt radio affordable housing we can build that sustainable housing we can build that at mit modular we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design cost and functionality our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. 
our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. We don't rock. rock. We talk. talk. Today's News Talk. TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to the show. Big shout out to everybody in the live chat, to Jane, to Elaine, lots of love for Elaine, Holly, Holly, name so good that I've got to say it twice, Buzz, good to see you in there, and Mally, oh, I, I actually spoke to Mally uh, ooh, during the week or last uh, the end of uh, my show last week, he might be coming on, on my planned walk that I'm do- thinking about doing next year, so big shout out to Mally, uh, to Blodwin, to Jock, good to see you, Jock, and everybody else uh, who is in the live chat, uh, lots of comments coming in about Boris Johnson saying that Boris probably do all right because there's still quite a lot of people um, uh, who like Boris Johnson and a lot of people talking about Neil Oliver as well uh, saying that he you know he would do all right even if he didn't have his GB News platform, but he does need to keep his GB News platform at the same time because of his reach, uh, agreeing with what you were saying, uh, Scott. Um, Israel Gaza. Uh, I actually sent you a message saying, I don't want to talk about Israel Gaza because that's all I talk about every weekend at the moment. And you was like, what? What do you mean not talk about Israel and Gaza? Uh, what is your opinion, Scott, on Israel and Gaza, uh, the situation there, uh, how the events unfolded and where we are right now? Uh, well, it's a very sort of complex situation, I think. it's. I think there's lots of different things going on it's very complicated. I think uh, obviously you've got the ongoing, I don't want to say things that, you know, I'm just going to say what I think basically. Palestinian people, that's been going on for oh. years now, um, pushing them out of their land. Um, obviously, there's that aspect of it. But then, obviously, Hamas. Has attacked Israel. You could go into that. That's a whole other, you know, thing. Apparently, their forces were not there for six hours on the border or something like that, and then the Hamas attacked, and then obviously Israel's retaliated. So you could argue that, oh well, that just suits Israel's agenda down to the ground, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. there's different ways of looking at. It. You could say, well, Hamas shouldn't have attacked Israel. Then Israel wouldn't be doing what it's doing. But it's been doing what it's been doing for years anyway, and all of a sudden this happens it's almost just like it was a perfect opportunity for them and then there's other things going on like the whole oil thing the gas that's been found under gaza i think it's 1.5 billion barrels of oil 1.4 trillion cubic feet of gas you know it's just is that really what it's about is this what it's really about you know is it, uh, the, often, is it ethnic cleansing or is it about the oil? Get out of that land. We want the oil. 
Yeah, uh, I suspect it's a case of there is oil, so let's ethnically cleanse the people that are in the way of that oil who have sort of rights and uh, uh, and claims uh, to the value of that resource. To get them out of the way, then we'll have that value from that resource, and maybe we'll build a canal, uh, the, the Ben Gurren Canal that people have probably heard. That's been planned for decades and decades and decades, but only now uh, are the public becoming aware uh, of that design for that canal canal arrival to the Suez Canal, which goes right through uh, Gaza. Uh, I've got a report here. This is from Israel's uh, Haaretz, which reports that an official Israeli investigation has determined that an IDF uh, gunship helicopter killed over 300 civilians at the Nova Rave on the 7th of October. So it looks like friendly fire was responsible for what? maybe a quarter of the total deaths that have been reported by Israel uh, on the 7th of October attack. The mainstream media aren't reporting that in the UK. And then this week, we'll talk about UK politics. Uh, UK MPs have voted to reject an amendment calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. So they're only calling for a ceasefire. Please, Israel, stop bombing the children in Gaza. That's all they were going to say, but they rejected that but in 293 votes to 125, the rest abstained. And this was against the Scottish National Party's uh, uh, King's Speech Amendment. Several prominent Labour frontbenchers were among those who broke ranks to support a ceasefire, dealing a blow to leader and future Prime Minister, no doubt, Sir Keir Starmer, who I found out this morning his wife is Jewish. At least 11 Palestinians have died, blah, blah, blah. blah. So we had a vote in uh, UK Parliament uh, a couple of Labour front benches. In fact, almost every single person who voted for calling for a ceasefire was um, uh, with Labour. So now I'm aligned, and you, with Labour and the BBC, Scott. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Why won't our government call for a ceasefire? Well, I think it just suits the agenda, you know, to be honest. Uh, You've got Tony Blair making an appearance. He's the humanitarian coordinator appointed by Israel. You know, that man is just, uh, you know, is that not just an insult? Humanitarian coordinator, Tony Blair. You know, it's just, it really is a joke. You know, the guy has lied his way into killing thousands of people in the Iraq wars and everything else. It's well known that he's a liar. It was based on a lie, killed thousands of people, goes on to be the Middle East peace envoy, which is another joke. And now he's doing this. I mean, if it wasn't so serious, it's laughable, you know, but it's actually disgusting. But um, I actually saw a tweet you wrote this morning about Sunak and his wife's, I think it's his wife's parents or wife's family. Yeah. They've the signed a deal yeah. with BP yeah. for the oil in Gaza. I mean, I think that's just it. And I think Israel... The US and UK, they're just so well aligned, it's they're always gonna support each other and I just don't think it's um I just don't think it, it doesn't matter about the vote. It was gonna happen anyway. You know, they were gonna continue mm -hmm. anyway. And yeah. one thing I laughed at this morning, I was just reading here before we came on, was um Keir Starmer saying if he gets in, there won't be a return to politics for Tony Blair. But that just means there will be a return for Tony Blair, you know. You can read between the lines, it's so obvious. He says one thing, you've just, you know, find the opposite's going to happen.
Do you, you think that Tony Blair is still pulling the strings with the Labour Party, especially now that Jeremy Corbyn has been ousted um, and momentum, the very left wing, far left wing uh, element of the Labour Party has effectively been sort of disbanded and crushed, so much smaller now. Uh, you think Tony Blair is still pulling the strings in the Labour Party? Yeah, I do. And I think that you'll probably see him make a return like David Cameron. You know, he won't be elected. Funnily enough, David Cameron wasn't elected either. But I think you'll see Tony Blair come back and he'll be in a similar role to David Cameron. You know, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so uh, Tony Blair then being uh, selected, or I don't think he has actually been put in position as humanitarian coordinator. Not yet. I think it was it was just it's going to happen though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. uh, and there was just talk, you know, coming out, and it was Netanyahu himself who who has said, "Oh, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see the world's number one humanitarian uh, in for this job." He's a very caring type person, the butcher of Baghdad, uh, a man who's got blood pouring out of every pore. Of of his body when you read articles uh, and i've got one here says tony blair is acting as keir starmer's uh, middle east broker tony blair is acting as a broker for keir starmer in the middle east helping him to build relationships with religious leaders including the israeli prime minister benjamin Netanyahu. uh the former prime minister is understood to be drawing a wide range of contacts he made as middle east envoy for the quartet of us russia and e the eu and the united nations between 2007 and 2015. you you, you can sort of understand where this is uh, um, uh, uh, article is going but the one thing this article doesn't mention was that prior to him becoming the peace envoy he was the guy who took us into Iraq for a war with George Bush it's almost like that's been conveniently forgotten yeah yeah they've got short memories when it suits them but um, yeah it's just honestly disgusting you're talking about him there he's going to the Middle East to build relationships <laughs> How, what? Who would want to build a relationship with him? You know, a guy who bombed the hell out of that whole region, mm. um, not the whole region, but you know Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, how how could he build relationships with anyone there? It's just so. It's just stinks of corruption. It's just so corrupt. Honestly, they're not even hiding it anymore. They know that you know, and they don't care that you know. Yep. basically and that's and that could well be why they've selected tony blair and it? it's almost like yep. they are continually rubbing our face in it um I, I, what do you think tony blair uh if he does get put in as a, a humanitarian coordinator i mean it, or, or i almost choke as i say that um yep. what do you think his role will really be and what do you think he will do when he starts doing all this humanitarian stuff with all these poor people of gaza I think he'll probably be orchestrating things. I think, you know, he's probably acting as an advisor, as we said there to Keir Starmer right now. And he's, he's, he's just a globalist, isn't he? So he's just, he's just evil. And I can imagine that he'll be, I don't know what he'll be doing, concocting some sort of new form of chaos, you know, in the Middle East probably, but yeah. Sending them all over I, here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when he's involved, it gets a bit worrying because I think I read something actually. There's the biggest Middle East build up of naval forces in the Mediterranean 
ever? Is that right? Maybe just now. Uh, I mean, they've got. They've, I, uh, there are two aircraft carrier positioned in the eastern med. They are the ones that were like televised, plus the nuclear Ohio class uh, nuclear carrying submarine. You only you only need a submarine, really. You can do a lot of damage with one of them. You can probably take out most of you know most of the civilized uh, cities of the world uh, with just one or two of those submarines. But there are another two other aircraft carriers there. The British have sent some ships over there as well. There is a build-up. Uh, there are rumors that there are U.S. and U.K. special forces on the ground in Israel and in Gaza. Uh, and then you got you chuck Tony Blair in the mix because he's going to develop relationships with, I don't know, the people in the Hezbollah in Lebanon who have also opened up a northern front. Um, are, are we going to see it? You know, we're talking about military build-up. Are we going to see this conflict expand what into the wider region and maybe just drag the whole world in it into it like we've seen in previous world wars well i was about to say that the the whole involvement of tony blair just sends alarm bells ringing because that that is the opinion i'm getting it's gonna basically explode into this bigger conflict i think it is gonna escalate you know i think that's basically what's gonna happen you know I don't imagine countries are going to sit back and watch Israel just wipe the whole of Gaza, get rid of them all. You know, there's already issues with Iran and uh, Hezbollah. I think uh, they're sending missiles out from Yemen to Israeli yeah. ships, I think. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so it's basically just, um, it is just a cluster of problems that are waiting to happen. And then you add Tony Blade into the mix, it's not a good sign, is it? Nah, but whenever he's I don't know if you've seen the agenda. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen my tweets, um, Darren, about the migrants just now. Where I'm tagging, I'm tagging in uh, Douglas Ross, Drew Henry, basically the MPs in my area, because all the migrants in hotels, and I'm wondering what role they have to play if they have a role. But I'm just finding it all very convenient that they're being allowed to come into the country, and they're getting put up in all these hotels and things. And I just think, are they going to be eventually used in some shape or form, maybe um, to gather support for more um, involvement in the Middle East, if you see where so I'm I've coming got, from? I yeah, see, I, I mean, I've got... see a false flag or something. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I'm amazed after last, last weekend that there wasn't a terrorist attack or some other incident that could be pinned on um, uh, 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 the, uh, someone from the Middle East or a, a migrant from a hotel uh, or, or, or somebody who, who's, who's been living here for a long time and then settled in and suddenly decided to go, you know, run around, go berserk with a knife or, um, you know, strapped a bomb to themselves. I'm just looking at your tweet now, uh, Scott. Uh, I'm going to do a daily tweet. You do this daily to Douglas Formore, who's obviously your MP, about the fighting age men staying in the area until he answers. I'm also including Drew Hendry, who's from the SNP. Um, uh, so this is day four, I'm assuming uh, that you've you've been doing these tweets yeah. to him. Do, do, are you concerned? I don't know um, what immigration or illegal immigration is like uh, in your part of the world. I'm sure you've been, uh, uh, you haven't been untouched like the rest of us. Um, are you concerned that we've got like a sitting army ready to go uh, for when it really explodes in the Middle East? Yeah. Well, that photo I took myself. So, you know, that is, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've gone up to the window and I've took a picture and they're all sat there looking at me playing cards. Now, 
you look at the age of that man, you can quite clearly see in the photo. And you know what? I've no problem with... It's, the thing is, it's complicated because we've bombed that region. Then you've got people coming, looking for, obviously, safety and things, and, you know, just a roof over the heads. You can get it, and you can't, you can't knock them for, obviously, wanting that. But there's a lot of countries in between us and where they're from. So they've been helped here. You know the Navy's picking them up, taking them in. So what's going on? There's a reason they're here. And where's the women and children? You know? Yeah. It's all Where men. It's all men. It's all, it's all men. They're surgeons and doctors, to be fair, brain, you know, rocket scientists and, and the type that are coming over on inflatable dinghies or they're chucking their passports into the ocean. Uh, and it has been long rumoured that we might be importing an army. But you made a really good point now about uh, we're bombing them. Yeah, we've got, we're bombing Gaza. We're, uh, we're, Israel are with US weapons, Western weapons. Uh, we've, they've moved all the immigrant or all the refugees in, in Gaza to the south. They're now saying, uh, this Khan Yunis, uh, which is a region or an area or a refugee camp or a town in Gaza is where the base is now for Hamas. It wasn't the Al Shifa hospital after all. We got it wrong so much for Israeli intelligence. They're going to move all those refugees out of Gaza then he sent Tony Blair in what's he gonna do he's gonna send them over here these people are going to hate us we have been bombing them so even if it's not a deliberately trained sitting army that's been sent to us we are being sent a load of fighting age men regardless who in a lot of cases are gonna absolutely hate us because the only reason they're here is because we bombed their their homes in the first place correct yeah, exactly. Who could blame them? You know, that's the thing. If our country was getting bombed, if we had people invading our country, soldiers, I saw your tweet the other day, actually, I think it was asking, what would you do if this was your situation? And of course you would. You'd fight with everything you had, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Yep. And you know, 90%... To... Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say 90%. It was a poll, wasn't it? It was a poll that I did. Yeah. Sorry, we're interrupting. Yeah. It was a poll, and yeah. the poll that I, I asked, and I, you can't get the the engagement like we used to on Twitter on polls, but I had about, you know, 700 votes. And it was, was if you were being occupied, would you use violence against your oppressors? Mm -hmm. And 90% said, of course we were. If we was in a concentration camp, we would fight out. Yeah. I bet most of those, though, people who clicked on that, a lot of them support Israel, without even putting the two things together. Yeah, yeah probably. You're probably right there. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I would so, imagine so. But um, it's just, it is a complex situation. You know, that's what I'm saying. You want to help immigrants, but at the same time, you don't want them coming to your country, you know. But yeah, unfortunately, we've got these psychopaths in power who just want to bomb everything in sight and take everything, you know. It's just, it is just, it's a roundabout of destruction, basically, isn't it? Uh -huh. And no one benefits. Uh -huh. We don't benefit. They don't benefit. The only people that benefit is the politicians or those above, you know. Yeah, the, the, the people hand. who 
the people who print the money, they're the ones who benefit because they're the ones who are funding both sides and, and uh, uh, arranging uh, for these wars to happen. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break now, Scott. Uh, and then when we come back, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, the division in the freedom movement, a lot of it but in particular caused by what's going on in Israel and Gaza. And uh, some people will, will be interested in this, some people might not, but has the religious right right hijacked of the freedom movement so please uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, topic i'm going to try and stay neutral but please stay right with us whatever you do here on tnt radio with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea who says legislation isn't a contact sport we nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you want to go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. In 1620, the Pilgrim Fathers and the Mayflower set sail from Plymouth to explore the new world. More than 400 years later, Darren from Plymouth explores today's new world. Darren from Plymouth is D.D. Denslow, and he's digging deeper on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT. I'm just going, we're just here for the next uh, 15 minutes. Uh, me uh, and Scott, the Highlander, we were talking about uh, the situation in the Middle East with Gaza and Israel, how uh, uh, we are bombing people who are then finding their way to our country and getting to live it up in four-star hotels, minus their wives and children and mothers and, and daughters. Uh, and I can see here uh, in the live chat, there are people who are going, oh, these 
these could be a future army a sitting army here in the uk uh i i i find that uh, a little bit concerning however i do think that it's quite likely uh that um they the, the the planners the social engineers the people who print the money and create these wars know damn well that they're going to come here as part of the clergy plan and they're just sitting back waiting for just one incident one little trigger to set off uh, civil and social unrest in our country do you think that regardless of what's going on in the middle east the usa and i've mentioned texit which I'll be discussing with Graham when he comes on in a minute. Here in the UK, we've seen race riots in France, civil and social unrest because of these racial uh, and immigration tensions uh, is highly likely in the future. Yeah, it's inevitable, isn't it? I think um, the one thing as well, we see these guys in these hotels and things, you're cutting off access to the locals who want to use these facilities like that hotel I went and took the picture of it's got a swimming pool in it it's got a sauna all the usual things I've been in there myself several times now nobody can use it so that just kind of builds resentment within the local sort of community you know these guys are coming on boats they've been helped in and now they're getting to stay in these hotels and who's paying for it you know we are so it just builds resentment and the thing is Unfortunately, you do get people who just see per people this of the same color, and they just take it out of them. You know, you do get them. Unfortunately, the world isn't perfect, so it's just going to build resentment, as I say, and uh, yeah, it's going to create issues going down the line. And it's quite likely that that, that is, uh, or it looks very, it's very obvious that this is intentional. Uh, and the fact that it's not just skin color uh, uh, that's different from our new arrivals, but it's also their ideology, uh, their political, and in particular, their religious beliefs. Uh, a lot of these people are Islamic. Uh, they are Muslims who believe in Islam. Uh, do you think that that has fed into the division that we're seeing here amongst the freedom movement and has really like helped the religious right gain a foothold in, in uh in the freedom movement and become sort of a dominant narrative and it's become very much religious focused rather than focusing on what is uh, the black and white truth well just one thing you touched on there my brother he was in afghanistan and i remember him telling me that I think it was on a Thursday or something like that. I can't remember the name for it, but he said you'd see guys come out with their ch children and uh, without saying what they were doing, it's, you know, it's something to be frowned upon, obviously, in this country. So uh -huh. he says every week that would happen. He says we were told we just had to ignore it. It's just the way they are. So these guys are coming here now. You've got kids walking about the street, you know, playing as you do. Um, so what's going to happen? You know, you're going to have some of these guys that are having the urge or whatever, following their obviously beliefs, and it's not going to it's not going to go down well. You know, it's just it's yeah, it's an accident waiting to happen basically. So yes, I think that's obviously a factor, and uh, people are worried about their obviously their well-being, their kids and their children, their mothers, their daughters, sisters, whatever walking the streets with these guys walking about. And the thing is, they often walk about in groups as well. It's one thing I've noticed. So 
you know, it's just, even if you're a man, you're walking past these guys, there's three or four of them, you're wondering, you know, <laughs> just, I don't know what's going to happen here, do I, am I walk yeah, past yeah, them yeah. and, you know, that's it, or, you know, I'm not, as I say, trying to create hate or hear anything here myself, but it is just, I'm just speaking of experience and common sense, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll uh, say it, I'll I see sorry, it in I'm my city. You know, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, I see it in my city. You know, the, the, the demographic change in my city has been stark over the last five years. Uh, and I walk around and I actually text um, fellow um, uh, fellow TNT employee, uh, Rick Munn. Uh, uh, I think it was during, was it during last week or the week before? And I literally said uh, in a private text message, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's black people walking around absolutely everywhere in my city all of a sudden. And, and it's just so obvious. And I don't mean that to be racist. I live with people from Africa, you know, and I love my neighbors, um, but it's just so obvious and it does make me feel a bit uncomfortable and a little bit unsafe. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's, you know, and you're quite a big tufty, roughy uh, bloke. You're the Highlander, aren't you? So, uh, uh, and if you're feeling that you can imagine that everybody else is, uh, but religion, is this feeding into the sort of, you know, the, the right wing religious element of the freedom movement? Has it exposed, and I'm not saying everybody who's religious is racist, but has it exposed a racist element amongst our group? Um, and has uh, allowed them to hijack the movement as well as split off from the movement and therefore divide uh, what was a very strong, uh, particularly in the UK, uh, bulwark against the establishment's agendas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You look how strong the freedom movement, you could say, was prior to this whole Israel-Hamas thing. Yeah. Everyone was on the same page. It was like they were just, they were losing, basically. We were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Everyone was on the same page. And then this happened. And then... I'll put out a tweet saying, I don't want innocent Palestinians killed or whatever, something along that lines. And then I've got people commenting on my tweet saying, why don't you just really say what you want to say, you anti-Semite, or, you know, and mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm just going, <laughs> it makes no difference to me. It makes no difference to me, honestly. You know, religion, I'm not religious. Some people are religious and I respect that. I can actually understand why they would be because it's a faith and it's, you know, I get it. You know, times are hard and, you know, I do understand. But, you know, I just laughed at it because I was like, I'm the least religious person and, you know, or anything that you can meet. So it's, it is really just, it's divided people again because obviously you've got the two different religions, Jews and everything else. And it is, it's just... Yeah, it's just separated the movement once more and uh, people really need to take a seat back because and look at this because it's not about why is it such a bad thing to not want people to die is that such a bad thing I don't care what colour religion you are we're all mm -hmm. one at the end of the day you know mm -hmm. and if we are God's children or whoever whatever religion you believe in why would you want to harm another person and you know? it's quite clear in some of the people who are, you know, you could say, oh, I fought alongside this person for the last three years, is all of a sudden calling for for the death of people in Gaza. Uh, I'll find it very disconcerting, upsetting. I've unfollowed and blocked a whole load of people, way more than I have done in a very uh, long time on social media. And I have to say it's made my headspace a bit better because I'm not seeing this constant drip, drip, drip of what is some quite 
quite disgusting and very, you know, uh, I think we're all a little bit racist. You know, I just sent a text to my mate during the week about all the black people walking around in my seat. I think we're all a little bit racist, if we're truly honest. But there is some really overt, over-the-top uh, racism that I have seen recently, particularly towards Muslim people, that I found, you know, not just as tasteful, uh, quite shocking. Um do you think that we have been conditioned over the last three years in general, all of us on mass to accept the deaths of uh, large groups of people? We've had COVID, all the death figures constantly being pushed. And then we had Ukraine, Russia, where it was kept away from us how many Ukrainians were dying. No one talks about Ukraine anymore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ukraine's not important. But nor are the 500,000 people that have died, yeah? But people who are looking new. Now we've got Gaza, where we have got real body counts, real death tolls with the images to match. Do you think we've been conditioned over the last few years to accept that and in some cases call for it? I wouldn't say so, to be honest, because I think that kind of thing has been going on for years. Like, obviously, we had the, as we previously mentioned, Iraq, Afghanistan wars, and, you know, obviously lots of people died within that. But one thing I do notice is the images coming out. I don't know if it's just because maybe they, they were 20 years ago, so we didn't have smartphones and things. But now you can see it literally everywhere. And some of the videos and images I've seen are just horrific, absolutely horrific. And... Uh, there's a couple I've watched and I've thought, I sat there to myself and I thought, wow, that is just unbelievable. That has actually impacted me mentally watching that. That yeah. is something else that's quite scary. So actually, maybe, maybe you could be onto one there. But it, is it just because technology's advanced over the last 20 years where smartphones are everywhere and we can just watch this stuff anywhere, you know? Yeah. unless it's from ukraine and russia yeah because we didn't see unless anything <laughs> yeah i mean there are still people out there who think now nah, the ukraine war didn't happen it was all fake yeah it was all fake and, and we've got the same being said about the stuff going on in gaza oh it's all fake none of it is real um and i have found it probably like you incredibly distressing some of the imagery that i'm seeing on an almost 24 7 basis you know i i've spent as much way uh, time away from social media uh, as i possibly can in the last couple of weeks because i think it's affecting my mental health particularly at this time of year um i don't know how you feel are you spending more or less time on social media looking into this uh and is it uh is it genuinely upsetting you i'll be honest i actually have been having a more of a break from social media as well you know, as a guy, I work Monday to Friday, you know, it's cold, as you say, it's winter time, I'm working outside, it's horrible. You go on Twitter and you start seeing all these things and there's so much hatred and division. It's just, it's the last thing you want, you know. And I've kind of, <laughs> you know, keeping a track on things, but I've kind of been looking more to looking after myself, if that makes sense, you know, because... You can let it consume you. In the last three years, has been obviously very hard, and then you've got these things going on as well. I mean, I feel bad even saying that because of poor me. I'm seeing some images on social media, and I'm yeah, wanting yeah, to take yeah, a break. Yeah. Where these guys are yeah. going through all this, but <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but it is horrible. And I just think I've been taking more of a sort of, I don't know, 
trying to get in a better headspace, if you like, by not maybe looking so deep into things. You know, you can still kind of see what's going on without actually reading into things in detail, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, we all know kind of what's going on, the plan and whatever, and you can join the dots pretty easily without looking into things, you know, in total depth. And you could call that lazy, you could call that, well, you're assuming you're right all the time. It's like, well, no, but it's sometimes it's just pretty damn obvious, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I have to say, I think of everything that's happened over over recent years, you know, the last three, four years, uh, this in particular has affected me the most. And, you know, this last week, I've very, very, con- like you were just suggesting, you know, very consciously uh, trying to withdraw a bit from the the, so- the social media space, the information uh, space, uh, because it is very depressing and it is very sad to see. And you can see the hatred brewing within our own community, you know, the freedom movement we were just talking about. And that might be why, going back to the BBC, what we were talking about at the beginning, why they're pushing one side uh mm-hmm. just to really ferment that division um do you think that that could be the answer then really it's just that the media are just doing a really good job at dividing us up yeah i think they are just doing a good job of dividing us and obviously as i say there's lots of things to this it's quite complicated obviously you've got the two different sides and then you've got the whole immigrant thing it's like your head's getting pulled over the place i find it myself you're like well i don't want that i don't want this and you know you're just getting pulled in all directions so and then you see obviously all the killing and everything it just sends people into rage and you see it they're just angry you know they're just so angry and but we're not meant to see we're not meant to see all that i'm gonna cut you off now because we come to the end of the show scott we're not meant to see all of this it's not normal for us yeah. to see it all mm-hmm. scott thanks for coming on the show great to have you a guest i'll get all of you in six months time and we'll have another chin wag mate and everyone else stay with us here on tnt radio